Hello and welcome to the Care It Out Sleep Show, a podcast for tired parents who are searching for a bit more sleep the caring way. I'm your host, Kerry Secker, infant sleep consultant, founder of my unique sleep approach, Care It Out, and your caring sleep supporter. I really hope you'll join me on my mission to get small to settle night's sleep without the tears, training, or techniques. I love talking about sleep and I can't wait to share my sleep subjects with you. My approach to getting you more sleep is simple, straightforward, but above all, it's got to make sense and feel best for you. Ready to get more sleep? Then let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Carry Out Sleep Show and thank you so much for picking up this podcast. You are listening to your host, Kerry Secker, and I am going to be joined today by Rachel, who is one of mum to Samuel. And Samuel is just over two, I think, Rachel that in a second and we are going to be talking about um, resettling getting them back to sleep in their bed when they wake up at night time because at the moment Samuel resettles back in his cot with a quick cuddle pre-midnight but after midnight they co-sleep and it's getting a little bit grounded in there for them and Rachel would love to slowly move away from this and support Samuel to spend a bit more time in his cot at night time I'm going to talk her through it today in this live episode and I really hope it is useful for you too. Hi Rachel how are you? Hi I'm good thank you enjoying the lovely sunshine today. Oh, it makes such a difference doesn't it? Such Absolutely. a difference <laughs> and it's good for sleep it's meant to be sleep as well sunshine living hope so tell me thank you so well, first of all thank you so much for being on the show today i really appreciate you taking the time and everybody else who's going to be listening tell us a little bit more about you and about samuel and what's going on with your sleep yeah so um yeah hi i'm rachel i have a two-year-old little boy called samuel he's born um december so a little over two now um, we had a really good start to his sleep journey so up until he was about one he was a really really good sleeper um, something happened I'm not sure what but for the last year or so he's been um, quite unsettled at night waking up quite frequently um, and and going back to work after mat leave I just decided to start co-sleeping a little bit more and um, just to make sure we all got a bit more sleep really um, yeah. which was fine worked at the time um, and quite enjoyed it really but now it's getting to the stage where he's, you know, coming up to two and a half. Um, bed feels a little bit more crowded. He's taking up more room, um, very cuddly through the night. So often can wake me up. Um, and yeah, it'd be really good to just get him into his cot a little bit more for more of the night. Potentially the whole night would be great. Yeah. Um, and yeah, get a, get a bit more sleep as well. Yeah, I'm really hoping I can help you, Rachel. Really, really hoping. Well, actually, both of you. And I just wanted to reassure you, first of all, when you said that you're not sure what happened. Like things, infants, one of the biggest expectations when it comes to infant sleep is that they're going to get to a certain way of sleeping, whether that be a certain number of feeds at night time, certain stretch at night time, and then they're going to be able to stay there forever and a day. But they are constantly changing and it's frustrating when it happens and it's normal to feel like you're failing, they're a failure, you're doing something wrong. Sometimes things do just stop working. Sometimes they need a bit of a bit of a tweak around. So I promise you, you haven't done anything wrong. Um, and one year, there's lots and lots of changes going on at, at a year old. Um, nap transitions are happening quite often. They're going from... Um, two to one nap 
lots of they might have a new sibling there might I'm trying to think of other changes around one you might go back to work changing childcare, separation yeah. anxiety can kick in so there's lots of different reasons why they change but when sleep does change it's never because you've done something wrong and I think that's so important for to get across to parents because there's so much blame and shame in in sleep isn't there yeah yeah definitely and I think yeah I mean I'm quite open with people and tell them kind of how it is I don't sugarcoat it really um, yeah but yeah sometimes you do feel like you have to justify what you're doing yeah it's crazy and I really want to start by giving you and people listening some reassurance because first and first and foremost I'm always going to be here for all reassurance and yes there is a lot of stigma and shame about bringing them into your bed at night time society seems to be obsessed with getting them to sleep independently away from you in a car or a bed and to stay there all night isn't it it's crazy yeah. Yeah, and definitely. some do you feel that yeah absolutely and you you know nobody means any harm by it but you do hear oh yeah you know you need to you need to stop giving in to him and yeah it, yeah it can be tough because you've got your a bit of mum guilt you've got your sleep deprivation and you've yeah. got everything else to think about on top of it and it can feel it can feel like you're just doing the easiest thing really yeah um, yeah to get you through you got it all going on and I think yeah. it's really important that it's not being bringing them into your bed is not lazy it's taking the path of least resistance I think is smart um and ultimately if if it's working for you again quite often society's got this expectation that you've either got to do one or the other that you've either got to they've got either got to be in their car which it does feel um in well, especially in the UK that that is the kind of gold standard when it comes to sleep they're in their car separate room all night um or they're co-sleeping somehow you mustn't do this you know heaven forbid if you do this um co-sleeping combinate cop co-sleeping combination they start off in their bed or their cot and then they co-sleep for the rest of the night but I'm a massive fan of nothing is ever a bad habit nothing is ever wrong if it's working for you and bringing them into your bed from their first wake up um however early that is in the evening or part of the night um all of the night the last you know later on in the night or even that last bit that last hour of the morning to maximize everybody's sleep if it's working for you it doesn't need to stop ever full stop it's not a bad habit it's not watching your own back it's not giving in it's lazy it's not undoing anything it's okay to pick you know the it's not going to work for everybody but if it is working for you mm-hmm. then you don't need to choose one or the other I really don't like that kind of go hard or go home mentality yeah hard yeah <laughs> really difficult um but I'm a massive believer in that you are your small expert and you know what's working for you and if it isn't working if it's getting too crowded it's in there it's not working. it's amazing how much space somebody so small can take up right absolutely I feel like I sleep on a bit of a postage stamp half the time he um he he just really cuddles into me which is look like it's lovely yeah um but yeah he gets closer and closer and pushes me further and further away and yeah, yeah. and then starts to sleep horizontally yeah. as well so yeah and he, I bet even if you got a bigger bed they would find you absolutely yeah 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 so if it is I promise you you are not the only one I've seen some really funny memes about co-sleeping like you've got this massive bed and your child is like sprawled out and then you've got the parent literally clinging onto the edge (laughs) yeah that's that was me this morning (laughs) co-sleeping reality um but yeah if it has become a problem if it's not a problem you don't have to work on it if it's a problem it's crowded you don't want to to stop it for whatever reason parents never have to justify why they want 
changes to me or anybody, you don't need anybody's permission, then we can work on putting some boundaries in place gently. Yeah. How does that sound? Sounds great. Okay. Do you have, does that all make sense? And do you have any questions that we've just gone through? I think that's just mainly reassurance. Um, no, not at the moment. I think it's just not nice to hear that, you know, it is normal. It, Yeah, it's normal if you want it to keep happening. Um, yeah and yeah lots of others are going through it as well yeah I would probably say I can only talk from experience and my work with working privately with families one-to-one but I would say a vast majority of the families that I work with do the cot co-sleeping combo mm-hmm. yeah. and it works for them I don't have any aims or agenda here I'm I'm here for you wherever you want to be with your sleep I will aim my aim is to get you there in a way that feels comfortable that makes sense you and feels a fit for your family and ultimately no sleep training yeah no sounds good and I think yeah in an ideal world it'd be great if he went to bed and um he didn't come in with me but I am you know any any steps we can take to get that to get it closer to that would be great yeah and I just I'm a massive fan of really managing parents expectations when we make changes I am quietly confident we can put some loving bed boundaries in this and slowly support Samuel to do more of the night in his cot mm-hmm. I'm always honest that change takes time um I call it Amazon Prime patience I've got no patience at all doing something for myself but I've got lots of patience when I'm working with families but we've got this um but if we try something once or twice for evenings and it hasn't worked which is very very normal mm-hmm. we think oh my goodness this is never going to work it's taking too long so you think if we even go through change that it is going to take time so much more time than you think it's going to take um and of course you're always in charge and in control of any changes in my approach but ultimately um i would try and give it at least five to seven nights if you yeah. can to see whether it's working of course the caveat to that rachel is that in that time you feel that he's upset, you're upset, everybody's upset, it's just not working, you can always park it. Again, there's so much talk out there that if you start, make a change, you've got to see things through at all costs. Otherwise, it's, mm-hmm. you know, you're undoing something, it's just not what, it's not fair. I'm just a fan of trying something and if it doesn't work, it's always okay to park it. Go back yeah. to what you were doing before and try again in a little while. It might be the timing is just not quite right for both of you. Yeah. And the other thing with the time is that it's also going to take support to do it. Um, I'm not a fan of, I don't expect him just to go into his bed by himself at bedtime and then you not go in overnight. Mm-hmm. Support comes up so much on my approach. Like if he asks for support, we're always going to go to him. And it sometimes can feel really counterintuitive, I think, because on so many um, sleep approaches, it's you've got to leave. If we want them to do something, leave them to figure it out and there is like I agree with that to a degree if that makes sense, because in order to get them to do something or uh, to try something we need to give them practice to do it but I give lots and lots of support whilst they're doing it and then the third one is that you probably don't want to hear this especially if you're already lots of families making a change are already starting from a place where they're already tired and any change can feel really super overwhelming and challenging but chances are you will get little bit more tired in the short mm-hmm. but again those things are short term because yeah you're doing something different at night time and giving him the time to do it well both of you are giving yourself the time to do it so that does mean temporarily it's going to take more time and chances are you will get a bit more tired both of you will get a bit more tired for a few nights but it's usually only temporary and I've never managed to 
put big boundaries in place with anything, like changing where they sleep at night, changing bedtime boundaries, changing naps without some period of adjustment. Does that make yeah. sense? Yeah, absolutely. I like to set my stool out <laughs> before we even start with the changes, just to make yeah. sure that parents know that, because otherwise it's normal to try something once everybody gets a bit tired and we panic. Well, I don't know. I like, don't like making something it's very very normal to panic goodness you're getting overtired it's not going to work that fear of overtiredness comes up but it is all part of the process yeah sounds good so the first suggestion I would like to make and some of these things are going to sound really super basic really super basic but sometimes something so small and basic and sometimes a bit boring can make such a big difference to their sleep and the first thing that I would be looking at is just to make sure he's asking for support before going into him because it is normal for toddlers to make noise practice their language skills practice their physical skills have a chat to themselves moan and groan a little bit shimmy around sometimes they even like sit up have a little play have a chat with themselves it doesn't always mean that they are asking for support straight away or that they need you so one of my first questions I have for you Rachel is is he crying and upset is he asking for support when you go when he wakes up yeah so he's often either sat up or stood up and he's crying not often not often tears um but sometimes it is tears and he's really upset um and he's shouting mommy yeah um so yeah he he definitely wants me but that has been the case kind of forever he's he's never been amazing at just going back off himself even when I have left him yeah um but yeah the odd occasion he does just as you say make it make a bit of noise shuffle around and and goes off himself and I've watched him on the monitor and been amazed that he's actually done it um but yeah most of the time I feel like he does want me yeah it's you are his expert I would never assume that I know what Samuel or any other small is communicating to you over you that to me Mm -hmm. is just crazy talk it definitely sounds like um, he's asking for support there a couple of things just for people that are listening that's really if it in this case Samuel definitely sounds like he's asking for support and I would be going in straight away I'm going to come back to that but if your small does wake up my suggestion would be to pause, breathe, take a nice big belly breath. One, that helps you calm down and calmer you are, the easier it is for your small to be calm as well. And it also gets you in a place where we're responding to them rather than reacting. Because I remember from my night night nannying, any noise on the monitor, and I'm literally just going to autopilot, fight or flight. You're like in there in a bit of panic. So that will help ground you a little bit. And just ask yourself, what are they trying to communicate to me? And this can be really tricky, especially with older ones. There's a big difference in them going, as a night nanny, them going, carry, 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 and them going, carry. Like I would, one, I would be happy to leave them for a little bit. First mm-hmm. one. Second one, I'd be in there straight away. And yeah. really interesting. I believe that you don't have to be upset to cry. Does that make sense? Just because yeah. there's no tears, it doesn't mean there's, they're emotionally easy. Mm-hmm. I know lots of people until you see tears but some clearly asking support they never cry so when they wake up at night time breathe ask yourself what you're trying to communicate to me and if you feel that they are a they're looking like they're going back to sleep but they are laying down and their eyes are shut they trying to get com- themselves comfy and go back to sleep i would probably give them the bed benefits about a bit of time to go back to sleep um, they are stood up 
moving around the cot, but there's no emotion aid again, I would it's not that we're not withhold with weight or withhold they do. And then if they get to the point where um they are upset, we're gonna go in straight away. But it again, it sounds so basic, just making sure we're going in before they ask for support. Well, I mean, no, we're going when they ask for support. It is really important because if they're not asking for support and we go in, um, I reckon at first thought it's probably, oh, mummy or daddy's here. That must mean that it's a wait time and we're going to do something and they might not have been asking for that in the first place. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, that, that does make sense. But yeah, and sometimes he does it. But I think for you, Rachel, I was just explaining that for people listening. I think that'd be helpful. Um, but for you, Rachel, I really do feel that Samuel's asking for support you feel that he's asking for support which is always a great gauge he's crying he's upset he's emotionally easy he's calling for you so I think it might be worth on the occasions where he does wake up running through those steps quite quickly but it does sound like you're going in at the, the best point that for me if they're asking for support we're always going to go in straight away um once they do go in um do you bring him into your bed straight away? What happens when you go in? No. So normally he wakes up kind of two or three hours after he's been to sleep. That's kind of his first wake up. Um, and I, he, he settles quite quickly. So I do pick him up um, and give him a cuddle. I sit on a chair in his room and give him a cuddle. And he goes to sleep pretty quickly the majority of the time. Yeah. And then I just put him back in his cot, put his duvet over him. Um, and then and then leave him and, and walk out and yeah he's he settles quite quickly and um, with me picking him up um, yeah. I have on the occasion tried to get him to lie down um but he just he just kind of puts his arms out and, and wants a cuddle and maybe I'm a soft touch but I just um yeah I give him what he wants yeah I don't believe you're a soft touch like it's I always give them what they what they want and what they need um I think here with the um when you go in I I think it is worth oh actually I know what I wanted to say before and this happens so pre-midnight you can get him back to sleep okay yeah yeah and then and then well after midnight he will kind of on the second the second wake up he will go back to sleep, but when I try and put him in his cot, he just starts shouting, no, no, mommy's bed. Yeah. Okay. I The reason why it's easier pre-midnight to get them back to sleep is this is really common that if, if you're experiencing it getting trickier to settle them or they won't settle in their cot or um, they need lots of support to get back to sleep or they take a long time, this is because pre-midnight, They've got lots of drive to sleep, sleep pressure or tide in their tank pretty high. And they've still got plenty of sleep hormone melatonin in their system. However, post midnight, they've, they've had a chunk of sleep, even if it's fragmented. Um, they've had a big chunk of sleep. And that means that their sleep pressure, tide in the tank, isn't as great. Also, their melatonin sleep hormone levels are starting to wane. So if you, um, it's really common, it's just reassurance here for you, Rachel, or anybody listening finding your back end of the night is really tricky um you're not alone you're not doing anything wrong and it's all about biology so that's why he settles quicker in the mm-hmm. first part of the night as the night goes on because of all those things and um, he does find it a little bit trickier and that is really super common so yeah back to the wake up again you're his expert if you're telling me that he won't be settled he needs to be picked up he needs to be picked up but i do think it is where i call it a courtesy cop resettle even if his hands are up and he wants and he's asking for a cuddle, 
even if it's super quick, it's just a quick recursive. You know, he's not going to get back in the car. I do think it is worth having a um, seeing whether he will lay down, just giving him a beat to do it. And it's not again, it's not about pushing him or forcing him to do it. It's just about giving him that opportunity to do it. If it works, amazing. I would try and settle him back in the car. And if it doesn't, which I suspect is the case, then I would pick him up, get him all the way back. Yeah. And when and I then, did put him down in his cot, he does kind of open his eyes and look at me. So he yeah. kind of he does know that he's going back in. Yeah. Um but yeah. Yeah, it's often a, a cuddle to sleep. Yeah, which is completely, completely normal, completely normal. And again, a lot of that will come down to personality personality and temperament, which is completely yeah. unique to your toddler and, and babies. That one of the expectations again is that they're all gonna have the same temperament personality, but spoiler alert, they don't. So some are just they're not bothered by cuddles at all. They're not, they're, you know, they're quite not self-sufficient. Like they enjoy cuddles, but it's not what gets them back to sleep. Yeah. Where for some, they really, really need that contact, that closeness and that cuddles mm. for sure. And some definitely more than others I've seen. Sure. Yeah. Um, but yeah, when he does wake up, my suggestion would be to make sure he's asking for support, which we feel that he already is. If he, when you go in, try to go in calmly, which I know easier said than done. And I would try to do that courtesy pot resettle, even if it's really super quick. Mm -hmm. But if that doesn't work, then my suggestion would be to pick him up, hold him back to sleep, back in the cot. Because pre-midnight, those wake-ups, they're not an issue for you. No. I mean, it'd be great if I didn't have to. But it's normally before I've gone to bed. Um, Yeah. Well, the first one is. Um, and yeah so that's fine yeah makes total sense and then after that the next step would just be if that courtesy cot does the courtesy cot resettle doesn't work the next step would be to do what I call the bed buffer um, and this is just giving him the t- you both the time to make sure that we're giving him the time to, to get back into his bed because quite often I don't believe that you are ever doing anything wrong or making any mistakes and I don't believe in bad habits or rods we roam back or anything like that at all in my approach but quite often we get into patterns of familiar behavior and that's really all a habit is, is mm-hmm. that you go into them they won't resettle they ask to come into your bedroom they ask for something and then we do that straight away because a that's the path of least resistance you know the night is is clocking on and you've got less sleep until you wake up in the morning now yeah and you know that that works so one of the steps the first step would be would be to do what I call the bed buffer and all you do is you pick a time that you feel comfortable with I probably recommend minimum 10-15 minutes because nothing much is going to change in 10-15 minutes and maximum 30 to 40 and what you do is once you've um you've gone in, so you've gone in and you've rolled up your response my suggestion would be to take that time so however amount of time that you've chosen bear in mind it will take time and that time even if you've chosen 10-15 minutes will take it will feel like a lifetime when you're doing it for sure but the key to putting in boundaries is giving yourself both that time to do it practice and then it starts to move forward but my suggestion would be when he's not resettling is to put that bed buffer in place for your chosen amount of time and you yeah. can choose where to start um I really like having a time limit on something because we're giving ourselves the time to do it but it's not endless does that make sense if I said yeah. to you right however long he takes to get back into his bed 
you've got to resettle him for, that can feel really overwhelming and pretty unmanageable and unsustainable quite quickly because it is going to take him time to get back in there. So what the bed buffer is doing is allowing you to both of you to explore, giving him the chance and you the chance. It's, it's both of you that him back in the bed, but it doesn't feel too overwhelming because we know that there's an end limit to it of yeah. your that you've been in control of of your time and for some does that make sense the bed yeah no up? absolutely yeah and for some it can make such a big difference that might be all you need to nudge your nights on it's just a case of giving yourselves a bit of time to get the to, 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 to move forward with that does that make sense and how do you feel about that yeah no it makes sense I think yeah part of it is my routine and habit as well I just kind of wake up and naturally think I'll I'll just bring him in so it's about me yeah resetting as well nothing wrong with that Rachel like at at any point you want to bring him into your bed that's always okay it's just if you do want to put that boundary in place it does take time practice and that consistency for sure Mm -hmm. yeah but quite often just giving yourselves that chance to do it it will nudge your nights on and as I keep saying it will take time um, you're likely to get a bit tired but within they're all different they respond very different but if they respond to it you're likely to see the changes within five to seven days okay. you can see it getting easier like he's taking less time to settle he's not coming in he's not coming into your bed yeah sounds good and with older ones it is normal for them to because again he knows what usually happens he's he's communicating that into your bed want mummy's bed you know into your bedroom lots of different variations where they communicate what they what they want and this can be really really tricky because a it's the middle of the night and making any changes in the middle of the night is really tricky but it's it's even trickier when they're voicing what they want it can make them feel guilty for saying no all of those feelings come up but it is when we're putting in boundaries especially a big boundary like this with old ones we communicate that I think it's really important important to always empathize and reassure first so I would say something like I know that you really want to come into mummy you know mummy's bed or daddy's bed or whatever you call it for now and reassure him if he gets upset cross label that feeling for him I can see that you're really sad cross angry annoyed about this that's okay and I think as parents and caregivers we always want our children to be happy and um not upset them um but sometimes that's unavoidable um as well again especially when we're making boundaries in and quite often we try and fix it for them so we try and talk them out of that feeling no you're okay come on it's it's not it's not that bad it's not the end of the world i'm here but actually i and it's hard to do this i really struggle with it but i would go there all the way with them meet them where they're at mostly really exit let let them um empathize with them label that feeling for them and really allow yourself to sit in that feeling with them um it can go such a long way and then it's about the reassurance once you've done that but I'm here I'm not going anywhere and I'm going to stay with you until you go back to sleep because that's what you really need to hear does that make sense so it's reassurance yeah. empathy first label that feeling always on my approach I will go to the, um, the reassurance and the empathy first and then we put that boundary in. I hear that. I'm right here with you in your big feelings. I'm meeting you emotionally, but this is what's happening. And I'm going to stay here. It's hard. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. And that can really help. It can help with young babies as well. You'd be amazed what babies can actually understand. But older children who really communicate that, I find that really useful. 
like commentating as well yeah um any questions about that part I don't think so I think yeah I think sometimes he gets just in gen he's just generally he can get quite upset and he kind of just doesn't listen to anything so I think that's going to be my challenge but I'll yeah yeah I'll try I'll try it yeah it's uh, that, that's all we can do Rachel is give these things a go I'm always very honest that there's never ever any guarantee or given nothing ever ever works for for everyone I really wish it wish it did and um sometimes it, all we can do is, is give it a go and see what happens and if it works it works and if it doesn't we can't ever push or cope we've got no control over sleep or their behavior we like to think we do we don't have any no. sleep or behavior so we can't push them to do something they're not biologically physically and emotionally ready to do but we can very slowly nudge them to do that yeah yeah and then did you have any questions about the bed buffer how do you feel he's going to respond you said that he'll get a bit upset yeah I mean when I've tried it in the past I've probably been a bit um you know I'll put him down and he'll say no 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 so I'll pick him back up and I'll maybe try it again and then he says it again so I just just take him into bed so I think actually having that time on there will help me actually keep trying that yeah I love a limit it makes it so much easier to to stick with it for sure yeah yeah so you can use that for anything and then my suggestion would be that yeah, I'm really hoping that nudges your nights on. Mm-hmm. And even if you, that, that first step is that you stay with him, you take that time to stay with him, reassure him, work through those big feelings together and you help him back in his cot with you in the bedroom, that's still a stepping stone to moving away from co-sleeping because yeah. hopefully that will be in the beginning, any changes only for you but for him and everything feels weird at first because it changes strange and it is going to take a long time but the more you do that you'll get whole around you'll be amazed at how um how then they kind of pick up on that and it, it is likely to get smoother yeah sounds good get easier and that is that really is the first step is that instead of coming into um your bed that you give him the bed buffer and you all um, if that doesn't work, you stay in with him until he falls back to sleep. And then quite often um, it will nudge a night on. If it doesn't, I find it much easier to very, very slowly remove a parent at night time yeah. rather than a, a little one from the room. Parents tend not to give me as much trouble. <laughs> not always. <laughs> tend to be less trouble. And when that happens, my suggestion would be um, if you do end up sitting in the bedroom as he falls back to sleep, which I, I don't know whether he will need that. He may or may not, but if he doesn't, amazing. But if he does, my suggestion would be to very slowly move out of the room, like start leaving a little bit earlier once he's settled in his bed, but it usually takes care of itself. Yeah. It's hard to imagine that. And the only other thing I'd like to add about the bed buffer is that if you do start with a short amount of time, what time do you think you'll start with, Rachel? Is there a time there that you feel quite comfy with? I'd probably start with about 20 minutes that's a good I think that's a good amount of time yeah it'll feel a long time yeah (laughs) really feel like a long time Um, but that is a good amount of time but if anybody's listening and you do start with 10-15 minutes because that's where you feel comfortable to start with and things aren't nudging the nights aren't nudging on the next step would be to once you feel more confident with the bed buffer and what's going to happen in that time you would gently you would um extend that the amount of time 
Does that make sense? And I wouldn't recommend doing any more than an hour. Mm -hmm. That would be my absolute limit on the buffer because otherwise you don't need me to tell you that's going to be unsustainable, unmanageable. Everybody's just going to get really, really tired. If they're going to do it, yes, it takes time. It's usually within that time limit. Yeah. There are other things to look at. So does that all make sense with what you're doing at night time for now? You've got a plan. So when he wakes up, I'm just going to see if I can do a bit of a recap. When he wakes up, ask yourself, what's he trying to communicate to me? If he's in sleep space, emotionally uneasy, emotionally, no, if he wakes up and he's in sleep space, emotionally easy, we're going to give him that practice and patience to go back to sleep. If he gets to that point where you feel he's asking for support, he's clear he's asking for support, always okay to go in there straight away. And we're going to try the courtesy cot resettle really quickly. Even if he's standing up and his arms are up, you know Mm -hmm. that in your heart of hearts, because you know him, you're his expert, that that's what he wants to come up. It's worth starting practice out having a bit of a just seeing whether he can settle in the cot even if it's really super brief and doesn't go anywhere then after that I would um put the the bed buffer in place you're going to pick 20 minutes which I think that's a really sensible choice Rachel but anybody listening can pick anywhere from 10 15 minutes to 30 40 minutes I love that you've got in the middle Rachel that's probably what I would have done and then put your bed buffer in place for that amount of time um, remember if they get upset it is it's you're always in charge and in control so if you feel it's too much for them too much for you, you can always bring them into your bed and then finally just remember that reassurance um first no empathy reassurance first um label that feeling empathize with them then put in that boundary and sit with them in that emotion but you're okay i'm going to sit with hit with you until you go back to sleep um if you need to wiggle out of the room afterwards you can do that that's usually quite a straightforward step you leave earlier just before he falls asleep if it hasn't stopped the wake-ups and then if you do need to extend the bed buffer you can extend that by 10 minutes 10 15 minutes but i probably wouldn't go any more than an hour mm-hmm. there we go Anything else you want to discuss with the nights, Rachel? That's all made sense. You're happy with it? Is it something you feel? Yeah, that no, that all makes sense. I think the only the only other thing, which um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know the answer to this, but he he always wants me. He only wants me to put him to bed, and he only wants me to settle him. If his dad tries to do it, he gets very upset. Yeah, um, and it it just takes then forever. We we've tried it and. You know, we've we've seen it through, but it kind of scars us to try it again. Yeah, um, yeah. Really, really common and really normal to have a parent preference, and it's really tricky for all of you. It's tricky for Samuel because he's getting upset um, and just wants to go to sleep and is tired. It's hard for you, Rachel, because you're seeing Samuel upset and your partner as well having a hard time getting them down to getting him down to sleep and it's half a partner settling as well because again parenting is so personal it's hard not to take it personally it's normal mm-hmm. it's easy to think well doesn't he love me do I not have a good bond is it something that I'm doing wrong it's none of those things it's just it comes back to those patterns familiar what's familiar and what um, Samuel is expecting so things you can do here is try I, I'm fairly sure my brain is in it I'm fairly sure I did a podcast episode on this with another parent a couple of weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, we discussed it. We discussed trying to get um, what we it was called the parent preference, but we looked at bedtime and nighttime. But it might be worth having a look back at that. I will definitely yeah. put that in the show notes. So um, the parent preference. 
that's why it does. I will forget if I haven't asked in the show notes for anybody that's interested. I'm going to give you some pointers here. So you could do the same thing. I would probably start with you first, Rachel, get doing the bed, you know, putting the bed bath in place because it does sound like there's no right or wrong here, but it does sound like Samuel will probably find it easier with you than um, yeah. with, the other, with his other parent. Um, but if you did want to get him involved, my suggestion would be to um, you could do the same thing with the limit. You could have a parent buffer. I have a buffer for everything, right? Parent buffer. <laughs> Where it would be the same thing that he would go in and you would he would settle him for that chosen amount of time and if he's not settled in that amount of time then you would go go in yeah. and it's the same for bedtime it's worth trying the night time first just to see but if that doesn't work then my suggestion would be to introduce him at bedtime yeah yeah and it sounds really scary but my suggestion would be to leave them to it like yeah. say goodbye um wave if like at dinner time or just after dinner then they hang out for a little bit I wouldn't recommend starting the bedtime routine straight away um, and then they do the whole bedtime routine together. Yeah, I think that's half the issue, especially since we've been in lockdown most of his life. It's that I have always been around. So um, the odd time that I have been out over bedtime, he's he doesn't settle amazingly, but he settles much better. So, yeah, yeah it's probably me not being there. Yeah. Help. And I'm not saying you have to go out or make yourself scared at every single bedtime unless you want to. Now it's between <laughs> spring. It's lovely in the evenings. Um, but it, it, just to start with, to get everybody's confidence up and knowing that yeah. they can do it together and then you can start. It's, it, again, it doesn't make it easy, but it can make it easier to do it once you're back in the house. Yeah, sounds good. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. But it is a really great, it was a, um, I spoke to another parent um, who was having real, um, a real parent preference. And again, nothing's ever a problem unless it's a problem for you. But it was for her. They really wanted to, to work it out. And I think it worked well. Yeah, cool. I'll listen to that. But yeah. So just to summarise that, then try the parent buffer at night time first if you want to. Again, I'd keep the, the same theory. Use a short amount of time. Let them try and settle um, when they wake up. Like same steps, but it's dad that goes in and tries to resettle the parent buffer. Um, if he's not settled within that time you go in and resettle him that's absolutely fine and if that doesn't work then introduce at bedtime and then I would recommend going out of the house for at least to begin yeah. with and also I forgot to say this but also to alternate the nights as well so do two mm -hmm. or three on each yeah sounds good that can help yeah any questions about that no no and then the last thing I look at sometimes if they're not resettling in their bed and I want to preface this with it again as I mentioned before nothing ever works for everybody nothing ever a guarantee or given it's not a one-size answer to this but for some for, for the majority of families like putting that bed buff in place at night time yes it's hard work it takes time some temporary kindness it usually nudges parents onto where they want to be but if it doesn't and they're finding it really difficult back into their beds so that's not the parent that's the smalls um then my suggestion would be to look at bedtime boundaries it is the last thing but for some how they go to sleep at bedtime can really impact the stitching of the sleep cycles at night time um, again it's not a one size fits all for lots and lots of toddlers and babies you the majority of say you can rock feed cuddle pack all the way to sleep and they're either sleeping through the night or they're at their biological best 
know, sleep is settled and sustainable at night time. Where for some, how they go to sleep, if they're not falling asleep in their bed at bedtime, um, that can make it really tricky for them to resettle back there at night time, especially post midnight when tired tank is very low, melatonin is very low. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. And it's not a, I don't ever expect any small to go into their cot or their bed completely wide awake um, and then put themselves to sleep with you out of the bedroom. But for some, even just being aware that they've um, fallen asleep in their cot at bedtime, it can make a big, I never count it as a guarantee, but it can be a game changer for some small. So if you've done work yourself through making sure they're asking for support, the bed buffer and the night's are still I really hope they are but they're still not where you want to be it might be worth thinking about the bedtime boundary bit as long as that makes sense for you does that make sense yeah I think that's always been a bit of an issue he's never he's never really self-settled um he does on the odd occasion and he asks me to lie on the floor and hold his hand yeah um again when he's done that the nights have still been quite bad but obviously that's not um, it's it's not consistent in terms of you know he's not consistently doing that so yeah yeah and like I said it isn't a guarantee or given nothing ever is it might not be his missing piece yeah. um, and it will take time it's not always instantaneous but the theory is if they are aware that they're going into their cot or their bed that it's likely to make it not easy but easier when they wake up to reset there um, and if for anybody listening um if you again i wouldn't want you to make a massive change to bedtime boundaries especially if it's working for you if you did want to have a look at that and my bedtime boundary e-course is a really great place to start because obviously i don't know where um people listening i don't know where you're starting your bedtime boundary at if that makes sense there's so many um scenarios and ways that your smalls get down my bedtime boundary equals really steps up down for you, Rachel, um, again, taking the path of these resistance, I'm going to throw it out there. It might not be for you right now and it might not resonate, but you might want to consider, or if the time's not right now, when that time is, is to transfer into a toddler bed or floor bed. Yeah. Yeah. Chances are that will make the, the bedtime boundary, changing that a little bit smoother, but also help reset him back in his bed at night time because you it does away with that whole tricky transfer of them mm. falling asleep or getting calm on you and then we have that disturbance of the tricky I don't call it the tricky transfer for nothing that whole tricky transfer of then trying to get them down you'll be able to cuddle him to sleep on the bed um, whether that's a full bed or a toddler bed at bedtime so he's already falling asleep there and then if you need to um, adjust the support you'll be able to do that you know, wake up you'll be able to cuddle him it, it's again it's not a guarantee but it's likely to be easier because you can um encourage him to lay on his bed and you can cuddle him right there mm-hmm. as a way yeah. with that how do you feel about that that would be the very last thing I would look at I wouldn't push it yeah I mean it's something we have thought about um because he does always say no no cot no cot and we don't know if he just doesn't like his cot um and he prefers a bed I mean, my issue is that he'll then get out and come in mine. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, definitely something to think about. I think he's at that age where, you know, some some other people are transitioning and yeah, definitely something to think yeah. about. Very normal to worry that they're just going to, when we go from a cot to a toddler bed, that they're going to get out and they're going to spend less time in it and they're just going to wander into your Being honest as I am, Rachel, that can be, that is a possibility. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
but from experience it's 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 what it's not impossible it's unlikely most will sleep quite well in their toddler bed they're not just up roaming and playing and delighted with life in the middle of the night super but i do think if you were thinking about changing bedtime boundaries i think my suggestion this is completely tailored to you know a little bit this background would be to not do it in the cot because he chances are it's going to make it's going to be harder but also we don't know how much longer he's got left in the cot absolutely yeah it just makes sense to bypass if you're thinking about bedtime boundaries for you Rachel bypass that and go straight to the top yeah if that makes sense to you yeah absolutely because yeah I've tried putting him in his cot and he just won't lie down um and he just yeah he doesn't want to lie down um and then the odd occasion he does ask to be put in there when he's a bit sleepy. And, yeah. and that's, yeah, and that's good because he does fall asleep on his own then. But yeah, I, I don't think he would consistently settle yeah. to sleep in his cot. So yeah. that would be the next step. Yeah, it's hard for them, like falling asleep independently. It's such a big concept. And again, there's that go hard or go home approach that we've got to go from all the way awake, all the way to sleep. And be honest, sometimes in in order to help the night sometimes that is what I work on with parents but it's incredibly rare that we would need to get all the way out of the bedroom and it's not about just leaving them to self-settle or soothe it's about really stepping it down and slowly getting everybody more confident with each step yeah sure cool well that went so quickly Rachel I know (laughs) it flies by I know you need to be both of us need to be away in a second but how have you have you found that do a do you have any questions anything anything that you would like me to okay and has it all made sense do you feel reassured and most importantly do you feel that you've got a plan in place to put in you and Samuel yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of these things are things I've kind of been thinking about, but not put them together in terms of a plan. Yeah. Um, so I think it really cemented that um, yeah. and gives me something to work with. Um, I think the parent preference thing will help as well. That I didn't even think about having kind of a, a boundary on like a time limit on that. So I think that will really help. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I guess it just gives me the confidence to do it and know that if it's not working, I can park it for a little bit and yeah. then try it again. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so happy that like, lots of parents tell me that. Like they'll um, Lots of parents even come onto their calls and working together, knowing what they need to work on. Some don't, some mm. do, um, or have an idea of what needs to be done or um, an idea of what I might say. And I like, I really like that because it means that we're, we're, we've resonated we're on the same page yeah. and it's just for a lot of parents it's just having that reassurance mm. also that clarity of having a plan and just having a, a plan but like, I love a plan most parents love a plan too and I think that plan is really crucial to getting you to where you want to be yeah and I think actually in, in in all honesty I thought the bedtime boundary would have been kind of the biggest thing to work on and that really does you know worry me a bit more than than some of the other things um because I've always been told that if I could live to sleep then he's never gonna he's never gonna sleep through properly um, I don't buy into that who has yeah, been telling you that Rachel health visitors <laughs> and yeah just people that you hear you hear people telling, telling telling you that kind of online and stuff and I've yeah I've always really struggled with with that anyway so it's something that's 
yeah it daunts me that I'd have to do that but it's good I actually feel better about having to stay up longer through the night than attempting that so that's good that is really good that's I'm really pleased to hear that and as I said before numerous times like changing but it's not a guarantee or given to a set of night sleep and it's the last thing I look at if you don't want to touch that we don't have to yeah and I think actually in a toddler bed would probably be easier um so that's that again something that I've never thought of doing I thought it would make things harder but actually um that's that's interesting to know yeah, it does away with that uh, going into a toilet. Again, never a guarantee, um, but it does away with that whole tricky transfer. You can get real close to them. Yes, yeah, so if any big change, making any big changes, whether that's weaning, putting bed boundaries in place at night time, changing bedtime boundaries out on the cusp, like you're thinking about transitioning them to their, um, from their cot, then it's worth doing that first yeah. for sure. Yeah, and I do wonder as well, he's kind of, he doesn't, He's ne- he doesn't ever seem tired, like ever. So part of me is like, is he actually tired to go to bed? Um, but then when he has a cuddle, he does go to sleep. He doesn't yeah. really have milk before bed. Well, he doesn't have milk before bed. Um, and he doesn't really have a comfort or anything. So, yeah, I feel like I'm his comfort. And, yeah, I'm his, I'm his thing he uses to get to sleep. Yeah, and that's okay. That is yeah. okay. There is no shame in your small needing your support to get to sleep. Yeah. 100%. You're, I like to say you're never a negative anything good because I quite <laughs> enjoy the cuddles as well <laughs> exactly and I think that's a really good point to, to end on actually because parenting can often be that constant push me pull me where you want those changes um, for lots of different reasons for your own personal reasons but at the same time you might miss them or you you mm. might want to go back to cuddling it's yeah that's fine super cool but now that's been really useful amazing and we finished just about on time which is um, that's a miracle in itself because <laughs> we both like to chat but honestly Rachel thank you so much for coming on the sleep show please let me know how you get on because people always love to hear that yeah. and yeah I'm wishing you all the best with the changes and your new plan for, for you and Samuel great thank you for all your help you're welcome take care now thank you bye bye, bye. Thank you so much for listening to me, your host, Kerry Secker, on the Carry Out Sleep Show. I really hope you found this podcast episode reassuring, informative, but most importantly, it helps you and your small to a more settled night's sleep the caring way. If you did, please don't forget to subscribe to the show below, leave me some feedback or share it with a parent pal. I love hearing that you love listening. My next podcast episode will be available in two weeks time. But if you really can't wait that long, please come and find me over on Instagram at Care Out Sleep Consultant. I update my sleep squares and speak about sleep there on the daily. Big love and sleep solidarity. Until next time.